Hello and welcome back to the Mighty Shakers podcast, a Berry FC podcast by the fans. Where all are welcome to listen, even those who deducted us six points at the Northwest Counties. Today it's myself, Elliot. I'm joined by Armin again, and we are also joined by Tom. Tom, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us about your first memories at Berry FC? Yeah, so I'm Tom Pickup. I'm a bit older than you guys, I'm afraid. So I have many, many more memories, not all good, of the Shakers. So I, I first started going at the end of the 80s with my dad. And I think one of the first games I can remember, amazingly, we beat Huddersfield 6-0. Can you believe that, at gig? So, who you know, obviously you're going to want to continue going to gig and watching Barry FC after that. And, yeah, I think ever since then, I sort of fell in love with like the likes of Liam Robinson, Jamie Hoyland. Those are the players at the time. And we were a good team then. We got into the playoffs. I probably started properly getting into it about the time that Mike Walsh was manager and we had more playoffs, mainly heartache. And then the Stan Turnant years was when we really, really, obviously, went to pretty much every game. We tried to go home and away. And yeah, when I when I got my first car, that was an absolute game changer. You could just go to the away games. It was incredible. Of course, back in those days, you could be at Bournemouth, could be at Boston, could be anywhere, anywhere in the country, pretty much. And we've uh, we've travelled to Shakers far and wide. So yeah, nice, nice, bit different to the Northwest Counties, I should imagine. Then yeah, I mean, some of the grounds have been pretty shocking. Back, you know, the end of the eighties, early nineties, some of those grounds were pretty terrible. Did you ever go to Chesterfield's old ground? I'll probably get in trouble for saying that now, won't I? But uh, <laughs> that's not the best ground. <laughs> Salt again, probably before before mine and Armin's time and I don't yeah, know no, we didn't had, go. But, no, no, um, I didn't go. I, I have been to, up to the new one obviously. We've we've got better memories there. Yeah. Well last time we went I'm sure it was like we lost four 0 didn't we? Oh, that was yeah. the last time I went. Yes, that was, was it Flick, Flickcroft in Yeah charge. yeah. And Nathan got Cameron, sent off. Yeah Nathan Cameron was was awful and then we were like oh what's is yeah. he really good this player and of course he completely turned it around didn't he? Yeah. It was, I think it was Jay O'Shea that scored against us as well. Yes, yes, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, right. Dear me. Was that when we had William Edge and Grayley as well? Yeah, it was, yeah. That was still, yeah, a hangover from the Blackwell days when he signed yeah, right. everybody. Yeah. Remember there was an article in the Berry Times, United Nations to descend on gig, when we had like an open trial. <laughs> yeah, that I remember that. They took over that, of course, so it was like, here you go, lads. I think that was the birth of Jesse Reindorf as well. Then, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what a player. <laughs> well, that was a great trip to Norwich. An exciting 6-3, was it? It was, yeah. Yeah. Jesse Reindorf, 40 yards to make it 6-3. A star One of born. the best goals I've seen. <laughs> One of the best best goals I've seen from a Berry FC player. Genuinely was. <laughs> you know, we won't ruin that because that's definitely something like a Christmas special top 10 Berry goals we've seen. So we'll come back to it because I've got a few in mind. You have to have a think about that. There's plenty that over the years, aren't there? Go back on YouTube and have a look. Yeah, exactly. Joe Riley, two in a row. Oh. Firstly, can we thank people for the support this week, the back of the first podcast that we did? Keep that up. And if you haven't already, make sure to follow us on social media, Spotify and iTunes. We can now do a review of Berry versus West Didsbury and Charlton, Saturday's game. I mean, you didn't manage to make it down, did you not? Unfortunately, I wasn't part of the lucky few managed to get a ticket, no. Tom, you were there commentating 
Yeah, I was commentating for Roch Valley Radio with Morris, and we had a shocking view. It was I don't know whether you've been before, but it's behind the gold. There's just the only seating area, and there's like netting in front of you to cover between you and the pitch, and then the nets. So it was. <laughs> so I apologise if I got a few things wrong there. Not much happened in it. There weren't many incidents or anything. So uh, yeah, yeah just a few <laughs> I, <red> did, <laughs> I, I did walk past yeah. at one point, and and you were in the zones, but I didn't want to disturb you. Oh and right, then, okay. it's funny you mentioned if you got anything wrong. I think you actually mentioned it in in the commentary. Uh, I noticed in the highlights, you said I, I'm not sure who it is. Who it is? <laughs> They're about forty yards away from me. Yeah. <laughs> it was the incident when the. Player got sent off the uh, yeah the second sending off for West Isbury and Shorten, and then Joe Duckworth got Simbin, but we didn't we couldn't really understand what was going on. And yeah, then, was that the tackle on on Reeves just yeah, in front of the dugout? Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I did the joke, the whole you know cami on Soccer Saturday, get your <laughs> fingers out. <laughs> it was like ten v nine. It was just preposterous. I've never known that before. Unbelievable. He was a bit card happy, wasn't he? I think looking back, the the highlights seem different to it did at the time, because of course you didn't have the best view. I mm. did think the Connor Combo one was very very harsh. Looking back on it, I can't. Yeah, quite. I mean he had been booked, but I don't even think what he did the second time was worth a booking. So that that was no, really- he, he got a straight red. It was a straight yeah, red. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I've looked at it and honestly, I don't know what he's given there. And if the league want to be consistent, go against balanced probability. Go back, have a look at that, and change it because never a red card. They changed Benito's, so they, they could always change that. And I think Dids have got an argument to potentially change some of those. I think the tackle it was a bit reckless, but if I'm honest, the first red card it looks as if he's just thrown a high foot. I'm not actually convinced he's connected with. I think it was Doyle. Uh, it wasn't the best angle, the camera on the highlights, but on the day, I couldn't tell from where we were stood. It just seemed very harsh. Yeah, no, I've seen the highlight, and from my side, I don't even know what the red was for. It yeah. did just yeah, I think, look that, like I think that's what, yeah, that was the general consensus round near us. Everyone was a bit confused as to where the red came from. You just get that feeling, though. I think when someone is writhing around and the referee runs over, they always it's never a yellow when when that happened. The fact that we got those two late goals, I do think that will really boost the lads' confidence. Yeah, definitely. I think McNabb said it in his post match interview. He he said the performance wasn't great, but there was only ever one team in it. I don't think they really threatened. And to be honest, I, I can I can see why they didn't. Uh, with nine men, it was obviously difficult for them guys. But yeah, there was only ever one team in it. We we were cruising and then towards the end of the game they, they tired and Briggs came on and terrorised them really he made, he made the most of that I think the turning point was the the penalty save if I'm honest because until then they did look quite decent that left winger was it Billy Williams I think he was called he, yeah we couldn't really cope with him he got that early shot that early chance then he hit the post I think and then he was yeah he hit the post early on yeah Morris was went mental at the time he thought it was a not a penalty at all but I I think I thought it was, to be honest. Yeah, you must have had a better view for that one with it being yeah, we on, did. at yeah. that end. So I, I couldn't tell. Did he, did he make a connection with the player or not? Uh, just about. There wasn't much connection, but certainly he didn't get the ball. And it was one of those where you're like, oh, you don't need to just jump out like that. But we can't yeah, I, was, I, 
I said the same on the day. Whether it was a foul or not, it's 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 a daft decision to dive in. The, the the ball was going away from the goal and arguably going out of play, but he made up for it with the save. So yeah. we can't complain. What do you think, Armin? Three clean sheets for Harry so far. Not bad. It's impressive. He's had like throughout the game, just had much to do. But then when it's come to it, and like he's had to be ready, he's always been there to pull us out. So penalty save. And then was it against? Squires gate last week when he pulled out like a really good near post save when all game he didn't really have much to do so yeah he's, he's been a really impressive signing these are the margins aren't they they really are yeah how many times this season before even the Chatterton game one silly mistake or one lapse in concentration and the other games where we've deserved to win and we haven't so I'm, mm. I'm really happy these last two games where we haven't played brilliantly let's be honest but those games we've got six points out of two clean sheets I think it helps with the the defence that McNabb's built now. We've got Slim Pete at left back, who's a constant rock, and then two two top class defenders at centre back. The only question mark is a right back, but Butterworth at the minute that seems to be filling in, and he, he's doing a good job. So no complaints there either. Who got the man of the match? Was it Oliver Jepson? Yes, I think it was. Yeah, and it was a good goal as well, weren't it? Early on for Connor Coma. I noticed again, Charlie Doyle, where he got a mention last week from us, he won the ball back high up in, in possession, played it through to, I think it was actually Cockerline. It was, yeah, he got the assist. And then Coma did the rest, didn't he? Good finish. He, he seems to be making a knack of some good finishes, really, Connor. Well, there's not too many left who were there under the Andy Welsh regime. Connor Comba's, um, you know, undroppable, isn't he, though, at the moment? He, there's no way he, he's going to get... Uh, get sold at the moment. There's also, we've still got Benito low, obviously. There's not many left other at the moment. There's Rowney on the bench. And Rowney. Briggs. Briggs. Briggs, of course, yeah, who's... Yeah, Br- yeah. I mean, Briggs, he did he did a lot better than Cockerline when he came on. I know we, we can't judge Cockerline off an awful lot, but the fans love him. They're desperate for him to succeed. I still think there's a, a future for him at Berry, I do. Yeah, that, that was clear to see on Saturday. The fans were chanting his name. Uh, he came on and he terrorised them, really. You could argue they were, they were a tired defence and Cockerline had run the line well for 60, 70 minutes. So he, it set it up for that. But yeah, there's def- there's definitely a future for him, in my opinion, anyway. So after the game on Saturday, we put a tweet out asking fans to tweet in the three-word match report. So we'll read a couple out. Obviously, we can't read them all out, but in no particular order. Dan Dan, Berry Chad Chad, three red cards. Ben Medcalf, start Briggs Tuesday. Yeah. Quirtit, justice for Briggs. Alan Eastwood, another clean sheet. Tom, yours was 10 beat nine. James Seal, Briggs over Cockerline. Armin, I didn't go. <laughs> and then we'll finish up with MH, Berry FC under 23's kit man was too hungover. Some good ones there. So we'll tweet the same on Saturday after Kendall and hopefully we can have some plenty more of them in. Thanks, guys. So obviously it's end of October, another player of the month. And who do you reckon deserves the half for a month uh, this time around, to be honest, I voted for Charlie Doyle 
I don't know. I, I mean, I've no. I think Conor Comba would have been perhaps the favourite until the sending off, even though it was an unfair sending off. A bit like Gaz Pete the month before, he would have probably won it until his sending off. Just you know, you don't want to reward violent conduct, do you? <laughs> no, I think I think Charlie Doyle's he's quietly come in and organised the midfield. He had so much of the ball on Saturday and on Tuesday. I mean, Scarysbrick is the, the other one who's really impressed. I think. Those two midfielders have made a massive difference to our season. But Doyle's perhaps not been getting many of the headlines. And I think he he's a, he's a bit of a workhorse. He's calm and composed on the ball. He can play a final pass too. So I'm really pleased with that signing. And I think that's why overall in October, he's my player of the month. Yeah, I'd agree with Tom. Scarry's Brick, again, good player. However, I'm edging towards Doyle because I feel like that was what we were lacking prior to him coming in. We needed somebody who could do a bit of both, sit in front of that defence, show things up there, as well as be able to, to play that ball forward. And I, I feel like he's got a mixture of, of the two. Scarry's brick, I'm going to save for another month because I, I still feel like there's a lot more to come from him. He's a, a top, top player. I'm going to go slightly different to what you said, Tom. I do agree with discipline, but I think where it came, with it being second half, last game of October... I'm still going to go with Conor Combra. I think like the transformation we've seen him since the start of the season has just been immense. We started the season, he was playing up top on his own at times when Benito was injured and I just couldn't see why he was getting in the team. And then you go from that to now being one of the most crucial players on that team. His work rate is incredible. And even on Saturday before his red card, he got us that crucial goal. So definitely Conor Combra for me. Can't argue with that, to be honest, really. I agree. It yeah, could be slim, Pete, but it's those three games that he was out for. Pete will be always be a seven every game, won't he? You know, he's so solid and so reliable. He'd probably always become runner-up in every player of the month, <laughs> depending on who's got the headlines in terms of goals and things. So, yeah, I'll be I'm interested to see who wins it. I think Combo will probably just about edge it this time. Yeah, I don't think you could have any complaints with, with either of the two we've mentioned, really. I'm sure most Berry fans have found out this week, and I think there's been rumours, haven't there, and there's been a few statements before about this points deduction or potential points deduction. So I think when it first happened, this is, of course, again, the opening game against Glossop when Shaquille Jones-Griffiths was either incorrectly registered or there was some problem with that. And even though he only came on for 10 minutes, that was uh, that shouldn't have happened, basically. So we did know about this and we knew that the league, we thought, had given a three-points deduction, maybe, and we were going to appeal that. Now, I don't know whether or not, upon appeal, it's got worse, the punishment, or it's the same as they originally gave us, the NWCFL. So let's just uh, have a look. Berry, Berry FC, the club, gave a statement that was on Thursday afternoon, and this is it. I can just read it out now. So club statements, points deduction upheld. Unfortunately, we were unsuccessful in our appeal to overturn the three-point deduction and a £100 fine for fielding an ineligible player at the start of the season. Glossop North End have also launched their own appeal, and as a result, we will replay the fixture at a future date to be confirmed. And then it's got in bold and in italics, in addition to the three-point deduction. The rules do not allow the three points we lose to be awarded to them. 
So this is their only opportunity to benefit from the situation. We do not intend to charge season ticket holders to attend this rearranged fixture, subject to league approval. As previously stated, we are disappointed at the outcome, but keen to move on and continue our promotion push. So yeah, there's two aspects to it. So there's £100 fine, which is by the by, isn't it, really? So then there's the three-point deduction, which is going to happen whatever. That's it now. We've lost those points. That's as a punishment, I think. And then the Glossop game is void. So technically, if Glossop hadn't appealed, we would have lost six points, definitely. But because they've appealed, I think that's why the match can be replayed. And obviously, we want to play it as well. So we've got a chance to get those three points back. If we lose that game, then we will have lost six points. If it's a draw, I think, I think we've got we've lost five points then, if you look at it like that. No one's really mentioned that. I'm quite confused yeah, by yeah, it, yeah. if I'm honest. My understanding was it was a three points deduction and that would be the end of it. We wouldn't be playing Glossop again. Best case scenario, we'd be losing the three points and playing Glossop again. But it seems like we're getting the three points deducted and having that void. So it's effectively six, but it could be down to three, which is baffling. But then I'm, I'm messaging other Berry fans. I've got fans in the Northwest counties that are in, interpreting it differently. What One person I know, Ian, has just texted me saying, I'm four Peronis in and do not understand it one bit. <laughs> so I, I think it's a very confusing situation, really. No one really knows where we stand because it's such a bizarre decision. There's a bit of complication with it as well. Sometimes you get point deductions. Barry have had them in the past, haven't we? And we've, we've been chatting today about all those ones we've had, never mind being kicked out of the FA Cup twice, actually, because technically in our last season we were chucked out before we'd even kicked a ball. But I've never known, I've never heard of replaying a fixture. That would be like the Liverpool, the Spurs-Liverpool game having to be replayed because of that VAR decision. I mean, I've never, never heard about that. So I assumed what would have happened was three points deduction, that's it, the result stands. This yeah. is worse. And I, another depressing thing about it is that that was our comeback. That was our amazing match that after four years, Berry were back at Gig Lane. You know, a 5-1 win, absolutely incredible. The goal difference, of course, the goals for those players, they'll be removed now. So Benito Lowe's goals and the others, the other guys, they'll be officially discredited, I assume. And our record attendance. So our 5,500 attendance is gone. Hopefully there'll be some big games coming up and we can get even more than that. That's That's what I imagine. And we need a real push for that on the socials and everything so we get as many people in gig as we can. That's, mm. that's a shame because that was such a momentous occasion. I mean, you can't take away the atmosphere and the, the occasion from our memories, but technically that doesn't exist now, so it won't be in the record book. So that, that was a bit disappointing. The saying, of course, that season ticket holders will get it free. Oh, I mean, you said you're not so sure about that. You, you, you think, let's just get as much money into the club as possible, really. Oh, absolutely. I, I personally don't see why it needs to be free. We, us as the fans, we own the club. So if we want to have another game there, we can't afford to be letting people in for free because it's essentially it's coming out of our own pockets. So I'm sure most of the fans would be happy to just pay for another ticket. If anything, just make tickets half price, try and get another big attendance there and just get them beat. But decision as a whole, I just think it's a joke. I can understand, even though we're 5 1 up, I can understand why Glossop can bring in the argument that. It was a disadvantage, so that's fine. They want to replay the game, and Barry shouldn't have played it. So surely the logical thing to do is just null and just play the game again, because the only person here that's gained advantage is Barry, 
at a disadvantage is gossip. So it's got nothing to do with what other teams think in our division. It's our these two teams. And if one team wants the game replayed, it should be as simple. Just go play the game again. Take three points off Berry, And it's done but six points with the potential of us making it three points is just a joke. I think something similar happened last season with, correct me if I'm wrong, somebody, but with Vauxhall Motors in this division before they got promoted. And they never got... There was no points deduction in that fixture. It was just replayed. So I want to make it clear that I'm not complaining that we've been punished. The The rules are the rules. We've fielded a player that we shouldn't have done. But it just seems like double jeopardy, which is what is baffling me at the minute. I, I can't understand why we have to replay a game and we get a further deduction. It's... To me, it's got to be one or the other, which it, it, it's as simple as that. Just looking at the table, so at the moment we've played 22, got 45 points. So we'll have played 21 and have 39 points. So we'll still be top. We'll be one point above Withenshaw and they've got two games in hand of us. So it's still, still all to play for. We're still in the driving seat. I think we can still go up, of course. The other thing as well I realised was... In that game, we had that ridiculous decision from the league as well to retrospectively send Benito Low off. So, it was, I mean, another new rule I've never heard about. I mean, maybe this happens in, at this level, I don't know, but other people I've spoken to said they've never heard about it. So that just means that if that, if that game didn't count, then Benito Low's sending off doesn't count. But he's already yeah. missed games, hasn't he? So we've we've already been punished. We're punished twice, in fact, because if it had... If he'd been suspended at the time, he was injured anyway. So he would have missed those games, wouldn't he? So we missed him for them. And then we missed him for three games when they decided, actually, lads, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll give you another ban. So very disappointing again. And yeah, Benito will be annoyed that his goals have been taken away from him. I do think it's a, a disappointing error, of course, from whoever was in charge of all this. I know that the previous statement said that they'd resigned. It's worth again saying that everyone's doing this for free, aren't they? They're all volunteers and no one sets out to make an error. But I do think the club have missed an opportunity to apologise for this to the fans. I do think that statement should have said sorry. It doesn't mean that it's a fair decision. They're accepting that it's a fair decision because obviously we appealed. But I think an apology would have done well, particularly the fans will feel a bit let down that this wasn't spotted. It might be complicated. and But of course, the people running it have do have experience with these things for the last few years. And it would have just been nice, I think, at the end of the statement to just apologise to fans. I suppose the, the free ticket thing, Armin, might be a bit of a way of an apology there. I guess, but as a fan, would I rather them address the issue and then, I don't know, maybe look to open up more roles so there's the responsibility shared out? Or would I rather they just gave me a free game? I would always rather they try and address the issue so it doesn't happen again. I'm not too bothered about getting a free game. So I'd rather they look at who came about and think, we're all volunteers. I'm sure that person's got a thousand other things on their mind. How can we distribute that workload and just bring in? We've got what four, three, four thousand fans that regularly come. I guarantee a lot of them would be willing to help out on that board. So if it means two or three people checking these sort of things to make sure it doesn't happen again, why don't we do that? I think as part of that process and included in the statement, what should have been mentioned is how it actually happened. More so than an apology for yeah. me personally. And and I'm not overly upset by it. So I'd rather just understand how this has happened. So then if it do, does ever happen again, then 
we know about it ultimately. Say how it's abundantly clear that they they want to keep us in this division. Yeah, and I think also on that, I think it's worth mentioning the way the league are treating us and even other teams. So it's becoming more and more clear that, in my opinion, they want us to stay in this league because a lot of clubs are dependent on the money that we put through their gates. But then also you've got the bigger clubs, such as West Didsbury and Charlton and Kendall, who the way they've given tickets out, especially for the upcoming game this Saturday and also last week, has been a bit of a joke. The way we've been treated by teams, especially with the tickets for our fans, it's becoming quite apparent now that they're trying to gain a bit of a home advantage by keeping the amount of Berry fans there to a minimum. Whereas like near the start of the season, every away game, there would always be a significant more amount of Berry fans than there would be home fans. And I think that's something that we've got to look at and try and implement that at Gig Lane. So rather than all these clubs cup final their Wembley, it's got to be somewhere where they don't really want to come. So I saw, I think it was the other week at Squires Gate, they were tweeting about their media team not being allowed onto the pitch. Good. <laughs> it's it's no no, but it's true though. That's we're protecting the pitch. We've paid thousands to get it to where it's at, and it's not for people to have a day out on the pitch. It's for football to be played and then people to go. It's as simple as that. It's not for everyone to come and have a look. Oh, this is Gig Lane. This is where Barry played in the football league. No, this is where we're here to play. We need to create a bit more of a, not a toxic environment, but just a bit more of an atmosphere like I've seen the guys at White Blue Army trying to do. So then when they come to Barry, it's not a day out. It's more, oh, we're at Barry. We're probably not going to get anything here. I think the problem is with with us travelling away, obviously we will, we can take a up to a thousand fans so they can limit us and it will annoy us I think fans have missed out this Saturday at Candle because they've turned around to the, this week and said it's sold out after not communicating how many tickets are left we can't do that for away fans coming to Gig Lane because majority of teams in this division are only bringing 30, 40, 50 fans anyhow I think possibly it would only be your Didsbury's your Candles that are actually bringing a decent amount of fans so, so, so we can't really hurt them in that regard. It's, it's like you say, it's making it less of a day out for them. However, way we can do that. The uh, <laughs> there was a game the other night, wasn't it? Liverland three, Prestwich House two, attendance seventy two. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. This is the same division, really. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Obviously, I can't mention clubs, but a friend of mine helps out with one of these clubs, and their chairman specifically said the fact that they play Berry is what's currently keeping them going because a lot of these clubs do struggle financially. So it just shows how much money we bring in. All the more reason to get more fans in through the gates for them. I think well, if you read not. online, if you read online, Kendall can hold 2,400 and they've capped it at 1,300. I can understand capping it lower than the capacity, but 1,100 people... It's a bit of it's a bit of a, a drop, isn't it? So, well, I was actually looking at I was on Northwest County's website today, actually looking at just like the rules and stuff, and it said for all ticket games, which appears like Kendall is, and so was West Edsbury last week. They've got to give the away fans at least ten percent allocation, and I don't know whether that's been the case that they have given it to our club and we've not been told, but I don't think that was the case. But I've not seen any of that happen. I've not seen was get 10% like specific tickets. Yeah, so they put 1,200 on sale, but they didn't specifically give 120 of them 
Berry fans as they're supposed to according to the league rules. West Didsbury will have done. They gave 200, didn't they? Did they? I didn't see. It's whether Kendall have this weekend. I don't know. I, I well, get no, the they impression. were supposed to with the pin. The pin was never officially released, was it? It was always people guessing and figuring it out. But their argument will be there was listing for the away fans. Yeah. Either way, we won. <laughs> Did we? Yeah. <laughs> As you all will have heard on the first podcast, we did a shake on it, which is essentially agreeing something and and shaking on it. I stupidly agreed to do a shot for each goal we scored on Saturday at West Didsbury and Charlton. So it looks like I'll be doing three shots before the Kendall game on Saturday. So I'll be sure to upload a few pictures on the social media and you'll probably see me staggering into the ground at 3pm. <laughs> We look forward to seeing that. <laughs> so, continuing the theme from last week with our Shaker shout out. This week, we're going to give it to former Shaker Keen Bryan, who actually retired yesterday after a very long stint on the sideline from a knee injury. So, we're going to give Keen Bryan a shout out. He played for Berry in, I think it was the 15 16 season in League One. We had him on loan from Man City at the time, I remember. If I remember correctly, I think he was sent off against... Was it Rochdale? Rochdale yes, away? Yes, of course, yeah. I think we lost 2-0 that game. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. After that, I'm sure he got injured in a behind-closed-door game. And that, that was unfortunate last we saw from him. But from the small amount we did see, he was a brilliant player, quite versatile, played centre-mid, centre-back for us. And yeah, we wish him all the best in his future. Yeah, he was a, he was a good player for us in the short spell he was there. I can see why he went on to play at the level he did. I think he actually went to Oldham and Rochdale after us. Actually, no, it wasn't Rochdale, apologies. It was Bolton, Oldham and Bolton. So you could say that that was the only downfall of his career. <laughs> but apart from that, no, he, he went on and had a decent career and unfortunately injuries have got the better of him. And of course, I don't know whether anyone knows his fiance. I don't know whether they're married and uh, the mother of his kids, Brooke Vincent from Coronation Street. So there you go. <laughs> He's an all-rounder, then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the Berry v Kendall Town preview on Saturday. Kendall currently sitting third in the league as at time of recording. They're currently 13th in the form table, having played six. Won two, drawn two, and lost two. Whereas we are sat fifth in the farm table, having played six, won four, and lost two. Obviously, it's a massive game, even more so given the fact we've now been given this points deduction. So it pulls Kendall right in close by to us, guys. It should be an enjoyable one, really. Yeah, I'm just looking at the table again. So if we do take those six points off, we've got 39, played 21. Kendall would be played 19, so two games in hand, 36. So there's still three points behind. If we can win, that puts real daylight between us and them and keeps Withenshaw at bay as well. So a massive game that's even more massive now, in my opinion. Biggest game of the season for me. Definitely. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Once again, unfortunately, I wasn't one of the lucky few of the tickets, but are you two both going? 
Yeah, I don't think I'm commentating at the moment, but I'm certainly going. One of our good friends lives in Ambleside, so we're going to take him out to to see the Mighty Shakers. He's been desperate. He's an Arsenal fan, but he's been desperate to come and see Barry. As soon as we returned, he was desperate to see us. And Kendall's one of his local sides, so yeah, I'm looking forward to a good trip to the Lake District in this. Uh, Certainly one of the ones that I was looking forward to when I saw the fixture list. I love that part of the world. And just seeing Barry playing there is going to be amazing. Hopefully, we can come back with three points because the home game, we we didn't really make a good account of ourselves, did we? 3 2. It was a Briggs uh, race that day. Yeah. I think we were, it, it was 1 0, 1 1, and we went 2 1 up, and then we, we fell apart from there, didn't we? I think we had about four penalty shouts as well, <laughs> which weren't weren't awarded surprisingly enough just going into these games now there's we're not as compact you know there's there's fewer games we've got some cup games so to just get a win in the bag would make a real difference for the confidence particularly after the news of today i think the team will be the same i think even i think he will stick with cockerline for one more match and then of course briggs is there as an option the only other change of course will be comba who's out um, I think Gilboy would come in because he's that more kind of playing on the wing. I don't think you'd have Briggs and Cockerline in the same team because then it goes to 4-3-3. And yeah, just hope Benito Lowe, I don't know when he'll be back, but I don't think he's going to be ready, is he, for this Saturday? I think they said it was no, a couple of weeks, so yeah, it looks, looks like we'll be without again. But to be fair, there was a game where he played Briggs out wide, didn't he? Yeah, it didn't work, did it? Early on. No, it, it didn't work, but yeah. it'd be interesting to see if he tries doing that again. But if not, I think it'll be good to see Gilboy get a start and see how he does. He very nearly scored, didn't he, right at the end? I think. Yeah, it was a great run. save. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He took it really well. Like He controlled it, beat his man, and then a cracking shot. Could do his confidence I, good. I do, like that. Yeah. I do like that aspect of Gilboy coming on later in the game against tired legs rather than yeah. starting him from the beginning. But if we've got a few absentees, then... It may force McNabb's hand, really, with that one. It's worth as well, we I should want... mention, uh, Sarge, of course, has moved on, and Shaq has moved on. So And Lenehan, Jack Lenehan. So the, there's quite a few changes. I know they haven't featured recently, mainly because of Jack's suspension, but the other two haven't been in uh, Dave McNabb's plans. But I think they've all made an impact this season. Sarge, for me, was one of the bright lights. Him and Palmer at the start on the wings were really, really dangerous. So I think he's probably the one who will feel most aggrieved. Shaq was good in midfield, of course. I don't know whether part of the reason he's gone is all this faff with the... And he turned the game around, didn't he? Uh, when we... Who was it? We beat 4-2 midweek a couple of weeks ago. Half-time, we were losing 2-1. We were played absolutely dreadfully, and then he changed it and brought Shaquille on in mid in the middle. Yeah, was it was it Liverland? Yes, it was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I think also Lenehan, his goal away at Padium is worth mentioning, yeah. As, yeah. as he's now left. That was that was a cracking finish early on in the season. I think it's just a case of he, McNabb's brought his own players in, especially in midfield. He's brought some good players in, so these these are good good footballers. They want to be out playing games, so it makes perfect sense for him to move on. Wish them all the best. So, what are your predictions for the scores? I mean, what do you reckon? Three 0 Berry. <laughs> Three. Who's doing You've the got shot? Got to be confident. <laughs> It's got to be Elliot. He's our resident shot man. So I was looking at uh, some stats today. They've conceded 13 goals and scored 14 goals in the last six, whereas we've only conceded five. So it looks as if they're a bit leaky. So I'm going to go with 4-1 Berry. Take that. Tom? 
I think with everything that's going on, I think the fans will be in really good voice. There's nothing worse than a wounded animal, isn't there? You, you know, to play against. The players will be so up for it now. They've heard this news. In a way, they've got it off the backs. We knew this was coming, but it's been confirmed now, the points deduction. So all the lads can do is continue to beat what's in front of them. Kendall, let's be honest, they started brilliantly, but they haven't been they haven't been great, have they, the last month or two? So I think Berry really do need to go into the game thinking we can win it on the front foot, attacking. I think I'll I always like to be a bit conservative with these, but I'd, a two two nil win would do me, do me very well. I'd take that. You mentioned in terms of Kendall, I was looking through their results today. Obviously, they beat Ram, Rams bottom on Saturday, 4-2. I did see one goal from Jacob Gregory, who seems to be a good player for them. And then also worth mentioning James Bailey. Yeah, I think he'd scored something like nine goals in his first seven. And Kendall had awarded him a contract off the back of that. And he's now at something like 21 goals for the season. So that's one player that's well worth keeping an eye on and hopefully our back four keeps him quiet for the day. It's also worth mentioning on Saturday, we will reach over 50,000 fans that have watched Bury FC home and away in the 23 league games this season. thought it was a good stat to mention. Saw it on Twitter from Nigel Howard. So some solid support this season. Yeah, and let's try and hit 100k by the end of the season, possibly more. Definitely. Right, um, just to conclude things then, this Sunday, Bury FC women are back at Gig Lane. Kickoffs at two o'clock against West Didsbury and Cholton women. So, be nice to see as many people down there as possible. It's uh, pay on gate, three pound for adults and one pound for concessions. So, yeah, if you got nothing to do on Sunday, two pm kickoff at Gig Lane, get down and support the team. Fingers crossed for six points this weekend, then. Absolutely. Yeah, no reason why we shouldn't, and that'll be a good start to November, wouldn't it? That concludes today's show. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll be back next week with Dom Telford, hopefully, providing he's not double-booked us for his yoga session. See you then. (laughs) 